Blog Talk Radio. From the far reaches of the known universe, we are proud to present Brother Harold Muhammad, soldier, scientist, scholar. Blog Talk Radio's finest. Not so mad science. On Black Hole Radio. Assalamualaikum and welcome to tonight's edition of Not So Mad Science here on the Black Hole Radio Network. It is the 22nd of June. We are well into what is believed to be the recovery covid pandemic. I want to warn you all, don't be fooled, don't be had, don't allow yourself to get tricked again. Last week, by God's permission and grace, but let me first do this. Can't open the program unless you open it right. This is Not So Mad Science with your host, Brother Harold Muhammad, here on the Black Hole Radio Network, coming to you live, as always, from the city of Detroit, Motown. Just because Barry Gordy took Motown to L.A. does not mean Detroit has lost its soul. It is Mecca for the black community. It is Mecca for the nation of Islam. It is here that he who is Lord and King, Master Bard Muhammad presented himself and was recognized by the one who would be raised to become a god. The most honorable Elijah Muhammad recognized him for who he is. And it is from these two that were birthed many men and women. As I began to say, last week, we had a focus on Pfizer because of their inability to follow proper procedure. We noted and documented through trial site news that Pfizer, the BioNTech COVID vaccine, was not ethically and correctly tested before being distributed to the American people and around the world. The regulatory documents revealed that Pfizer didn't thoroughly examine what is known as the biodistribution and the pharmacokinetic issues relating to its vaccines before they submitted the vaccine to what is now known as the European Medicine Agency. So they didn't do it there. They damn sure didn't do it here. Now to remind you all, biodistribution studies determine the route by which the 
vaccine is distributed around the body. It was, and in fact, in these studies, which are designated to test the injected compound as it travels through the body in which tissues or organs it accumulates in. Pfizer, looking more for profit than for a curative process, did not use their commercial vaccine, which is distributed amongst the people, the BNT162B2, but instead they relied on a surrogate. A surrogate is a stand-in. To give you a real relative example, a child that is adopted by a mother, that adoptive mother is a surrogate for the mother who gave birth. She is a good parent, but she is not your mother. She is a surrogate, a stand-in. So instead of using the product that was to be distributed amongst the people to test, to check its biodistribution, Pfizer circumvented the truthful process and used a surrogate mRNA. So the data they provided to the CDC to the European medicine agencies and other medical institutions around the world where they released their product is falsified documentation. I'm reminding us of this for a reason. Twenty-seven medical experts, a group of 27 clinicians, researchers, and advocates filed a petition last week, what is known as a citizen's petition, with the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, urging the FDA not to prematurely grant full approval for any COVID vaccines. Why? Because if Pfizer, one of the top three pharmacology companies on the planet, circumvented steps, you can rest your sword. You can roll your last penny and win that the others did so as well. Only their dirt has not been exposed yet. Premature FDA approval of any COVID vaccine could, would, and shall negatively impact the health and safety of the U.S. residents with global ramifications considering the international importance of FDA decisions. The FDA citizens' petition process described in the Title 21 of the Code of Federal Regulations, known as 21 CFR Part 10, allows individuals 
and community organizations to request the agency make changes to health policy. Anytime you have a group of 27 fully qualified and accredited medical clinicians and researchers ask you not to do something, it is best to take a long, hard look at their concerns before you make a move. At any time, any interested person can request the FDA issue, amend, or revoke a regulation or order, or take or refrain from taking any other form of administrative action. But this is not Joe Moe, Larry Curling, the shimp from the corner. This is not mothers against drunk driving. These are medical professionals, medical researchers, asking that you wait. In their petition, the group outlined many unanswered questions surrounding the efficacy, there's that word again, and the safety of the COVID vaccine and detailed how data must be collected before the FDA considers granting any vaccine full approval. They state, and I quote, and I really, 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 really want to thank Megan Redshaw of the Defender for her research. In their petition, and I'll quote them, we are concerned your licensure of a COVID-19 vaccine can seriously undermine the public confidence in regulatory authorities, particularly if long-term safety issues were to emerge following licensure. In an op-ed piece published Last week, in the BMJ, and for those who don't know, I'll let you know what the BMJ is. Just give me a moment. Four of the petitioners, the petitioners signers, writing on behalf of the group said this. The message of our petition is slow down and get the science right. There is no legitimate reason to hurry to grant a license to a coronavirus vaccine. We believe the existing evidence base, both pre- and post-authorization, is simply not mature enough at this point adequately judge whether clinical benefits outweigh the risk in all populations. Again, I'm going to remind you, as we said last week, Pfizer, the regulatory documents revealed that Pfizer did not thoroughly examine 
the biodistribution and the pharmacokinetic issues relating to its vaccines before submitting the vaccine to the FDA, the CDC, and the EMA, which is the European Medicine Agency. Pfizer's BioNTech 162 V2 did not meet regulatory standards. The data which Pfizer put out about their product was based on a surrogate mRNA product and not the product which has been distributed to the public. The petition states a COVID vaccine would be fully approved only when substantial evidence demonstrates the benefits of a specific product outweigh the harms for the indicated recipient population. Petitioners respectfully requested the FDA act on the petition by June 11th. That date has passed. If no action was taken by the FDA, they plan to seek a judicial release if the petition is denied. The FDA granted emergency use authorization to three COVID vaccines, Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson. Each has produced significant medical, biological, and chemical issues in the body that have been extremely dangerous, some resulting in death, and others resulting in permanent injury. It has now been documented that Moderna's vaccine causes certain psychological issues as a result of brain damage when their product settles in the brain tissue. It is killing the brain cells in the area where the vaccine settles. The EUAs were granted without a built-in expiration date. (laughs) We have to ask why. We know, as it has been exposed over the last 15 years, we know that the Bill and Melinda Gates foundations are proponents of global depopulation. We know that Mr. Gates is heavily invested in all three of the vaccines. This means they can these vaccines can only be lawfully distributed after a public health emergency no longer exists. But how many people have to die first? The 20-page citizen's petition and the supporting documents are filed under docket ID number FDA 
P-0521-P-0521. On regulations.gov. You can go see it for yourself. I'm going to state that again. The docket ID number for the petition and the supporting documents are filed under FDA 2021 P, as in Peter, 0521 on regulations.gov. Anybody Mo, Larry, Curly, or Shemp can comment on the petition or add to the petition as a commentator, including the FDA's official reply once it arrives. The petitioners asked the FDA to implement eight efficacy and safety measures before granting a COVID vaccine full FDA approval. One, two years of follow-up of participants originally enrolled in the pivotal clinical trials, even if the trials were unblinded and now lack a placebo control. All vaccine manufacturers phase three trials were already designed with this planned duration. Number two, prior to including in the list of populations for which a vaccine is approved, ensure there is substantial evidence that clinical effectiveness outweighs harms in special populations, including infants, children, and adolescents. Those with past SARS-CoV-2 infection, immunocompromised, pregnant women, nursing women, frail older adults, and individuals with cancer, autoimmune disorders, and hematological conditions. Number three, require thorough safety assessment of spike proteins being produced by body tissues following the vaccine administration and spike proteins full biodistribution, pharmacokinetics, and tissue-specific toxicity. Number four, complete vaccine biodistribution studies from administration site and safety implications of mRNA translations in distant tissues. But I want you to keep in mind this mRNA because all of these vaccines are based on an mRNA chemically. Number five require data of all severe adverse reactions reporting reported following the COVID vaccination, such as deaths reported in the VAERS and other pharmacovigilant systems. Number seven, excuse me, number six, assess the safety in individuals receiving more than two doses. 
that was put in because there have been instances where persons going from one hospital, or rather they, they went to the local CVS or some other pharmacy and got the shot and then had to go to the hospital, and the hospital inoculated them again, and these persons ended up having extreme adverse reactions. Not only did you have two competing vaccines, you had an overdose introduced into the system. Number seven, include gene delivery and therapy experts in the Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee in recognition of the fact that the novel COVID vaccines work on the premise of gene delivery in contrast to the conventional vaccine distribution. Lastly, in number eight, enforce stringent conflict of interest requirements to ensure individuals involved in data analysis and BLA-related decision-making in the decision-making processes have no conflict of interest with vaccine manufacturers. Now, the petition has provided a rationale for each of the requested actions and a list of what they said were invalid reasons for rushing full approval of the COVID vaccine. Now, the BLA is what is called a biologic license application. As I said it before, I was going to let you know what the BLA meant. Biologic license application. Premature FDA approval of any COVID-19 vaccine will negatively impact the public health and safety of all U.S. residents. Now, who are these petitioners and what are their qualifications? Okay. Dr. Linda Watchtiller. Ph.D. and professor of, at the University of Maryland School, School of Pharmacy, Dr. Peter Doshi, associate professor of pharmacy at the University of Maryland, Patrick Whalen, M.D. and Ph.D., associate clinical professor of pediatrics at the David Geffen School of Medicine in UCLA, at UCLA, Hamid A. Merchant, his list of qualifications is so long, I'm not even going to begin to say them all, but he is the subject matter expert for pharmacology in the Department of Pharmacy at the University of Huddersfield. Dr. Donald W. Light, Ph.D. Professor of Comparative Health Policy 
and psychiatry at the Rowan University School of Osteopathic Medicine. And I'm just going to say their names now because the list is quite extensive of all these doctors who signed on to it. Allison M. Pollock. These are all doctors. Eric Turner. Angela Spellsberg. Hussein Nasi. Barbara Mitzes. Joseph Ladopa. Iona Heath. Juan Evrizzi. Ehrlich Keel. Patrick Abbey. Peter C. Getz. Peter Collington. Thomas, or excuse me, Tom Jefferson, Matthew Herder, Christine Stable Ben, Kim Whitsick, Byron Brittle, David Healy, Anthony J. Brooks, Peter A. McCullough, Robert M. Kaplan, Florence T. Bourgeau, Donald W. Light. From a range of colleges and universities. These aren't just professors in the classroom. These are department heads, subject matter experts for their fields of study at universities and colleges around the country and around the world. All have raised the flag of caution to the CDC, to the FDA. Again, I remind you, Pfizer skipped critical testing and cut corners on their quality standards. Why is that so relevant? I want to share with you some more commentary here. The doctor who pioneered the mRNA technology has raised his hand and the red and yellow flag of caution. On June 10th, Dr. Robert Malone, the creator of the mRNA vaccine technology, sat with evolutionary biologist Dr. Brett Weinstein for a three-hour conversation on what is called the dark horse, the multiple safety concerns related to the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines using his technology. Both Drs. Malone and Weinstein and tech expert Stephen Kirsch touched on the implication of the controversial Japanese Pfizer biodistribution study. The study was made public earlier this month by Dr. Byron Brittle, a viral immunologist. Dr. Byron Brittle is a signer of the document submitted to the FDA about concerns about the approval of COVID vaccines being put out 
and to the public beyond the EUA, the Emergency Use Application. They discussed the lack of proper animal studies for the new mRNA vaccines and the theory, which was espoused by virologist Gert Gert Vanden Bush, PhD doctorate, that mass vaccinations with the mRNA vaccines could and quite likely would produce ever more transmissible and potentially deadly variants. If you're watching the news these days, they're scared to death that there are so many variants and mutations of this virus out there that you get the vaccine for this, but that vaccine is not effective against variant A, B, C, D, and E. Which means what? Now you got to continually go get boosters for something that you can't even keep up with. On June 3rd, Dr. Brittle received a copy of a Japanese bio-distribution study, which had been kept from the public as a result of a Freedom of Information request made to the directly to the Japanese government for Pfizer's data. Prior to the study's disclosure, the public was led to believe by regulators and vaccine developers that despite protein produced by the mRNA COVID vaccines stayed in the shoulder where it was injected and was not biologically active. Even though regulators around the world had a copy of the study which showed and proved otherwise. The biodistribution study obtained by Dr. Brittle showed lipid nanoparticles from the vaccine did not stay in the deltoid muscle where they were injected, and the vaccine developers claimed would and should happen, but did not. It circulated throughout the body and accumulated in large concentrations in other organs and tissues, which include, but is not limited to, the spleen, bone marrow, the liver, your adrenal glands, and in exorbitant high quantities in female ovaries. The mRNA, or messenger RNA, is what tells the body to manufacture the spike protein. The lipid nanoparticles are like the boxes the mRNA is shipped in according to Dr. Malone. If you find lipid nanoparticles in an organ or tissue, that tells you that the drug got to that location. According to the data in the Japanese study, lipid nanoparticles were found in the whole blood circulating throughout the body within four hours of injection and then settled in large concentrations in the ovaries, the bone marrow, and the lymph nodes. And now they're finding it in 
brain tissue, killing brain cells. Dr. Malone said there needed to be monitoring of that for leukemia and lymphomas, as there were concentration of lipid nanoparticles in the bone marrow and lymph nodes. But those signals often didn't show up for six months to three or nine years down the road from the time of the injection. As I told a friend of mine, when it was discussed, and I warned this friend, this vaccine, you take it now, six months to a year from now, you'll find out what's wrong with it. Because you trust these people blindly. You take their word because you're afraid. You take this insanity that they're pumping into your system. Because, well, I haven't seen my mama. I haven't seen my grandmother. Would you rather see them dead? Or would you rather they see you dead? Or can you just be patient and wait on God? You're too weak, too willing to go blindly to the slaughter. For the love of Mike, there goes the lamb to slaughter. And don't even know they just got their head cut off. Usually, Signals like this are picked up in animal studies and long-term clinical trials. But this didn't happen with the mRNA vaccines, according to Dr. Malone. Mind you now, we're talking to the doctor who developed this technology. He's telling them, don't use this stuff for that because you don't know what it's going to do. Dr. Malone said there are two adverse event signals that are becoming apparent to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. One of them is thrombocytopenia. I'm going to say that again. I like that word. Thrombocytopenia. For those of you that don't know what thrombocytopenia is, I'm going to tell you Thrombocytopenia is a low platelet level that can or has causes that aren't due to an underlying disease. For example, a woman that is pregnant will have a low platelet count. She's not sick. She's pregnant. But in others, it is caused by or the side effect of some medications. Thrombocytopenia, not having enough platelets, which are manufactured in the bone marrow. The others is a reactivation of latent viruses, which your body may have shut down. But the Remnants of the disease that the body cut off are still sitting in dead marrow. But the mRNA will activate it. Dr. Malone found the ovarian signal 
perplexing because there is no accumulation in the testes. In fact, according to Malone, the FDA knew the COVID spike protein was biologically active and could travel from the injection site and cause the adverse event, and that the spike protein, if biologically active, becomes and is very dangerous. FDA knew. In fact, Dr. Malone was one of many scientists who warned the FDA about the dangers of the free spike protein. Dr. Malone suggested autoimmune issues may be related to free circulating spike proteins, which developers assured would not happen. To pick up autoimmune issues, a two- or three-year follow-up period in phase three patients would be required to monitor for potential autoimmune consequences from the vaccines. But that monitoring did not happen with Pfizer and Moderna or Johnson & Johnson. Pfizer and Moderna also didn't conduct proper animal studies, according to Dr. Weinstein. What the animal models give us is a signal that alert us to what we need to follow up with human beings. Dr. Weinstein said this, and I quote, we've got very alarming short-term stuff. we got short-term stuff that is alarming on the basis of where we find these lipids. We find the spike proteins. Those things are reasons for concern because it wasn't supposed to be this way. We've also got an alarming signal in terms of the hazards and the deaths or the harms and the deaths that are reported in the system, and there are reasons to think they are dramatic underreporting of these things. Vaccinologists, Vanden Bosch got it right. One of the potential harms from the vaccines, according to Weinstein, was made famous by Vanden Bosch. Again, a world-renowned vaccinologist who worked with GSA, GSK Biologicals, Novartis Vaccine, and Solve Biologicals, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation Global Health discovery team in Seattle and the Global Alliance for Vaccines and Immunization, Immunizations in Geneva. Mind you now, the money is coming from Gates. Thing is depopulation. What better way to call the flock than to vaccinate the entire world and watch them die. 
in three to five years and never fire a shot and never go to war. Oh, dear brothers and sisters, this is not so mad science. And I'm your host, Brother Harold Muhammad here on the Black Hole Radio Network. I'm not talking about the jelly, but I damn sure see my peanut butter. Earlier this year, Vanden Bosch put out a call to the World Health Organization, which is supported by a 12-page document that described the uncontrollable monster that was a global mass vaccination campaign and what it could potentially unleash. Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation knew that it was death by injection. The FDA knew it was going to be death by injection. CDC knew it was going to be death by injection. If Nixon knew, Ag knew. Vandenbosch said a combination of lockdowns and extreme selection pressure on the virus induced by intense global mass vaccination program might diminish the number of cases, hospitalizations, and deaths in the short term, but ultimately will induce the creation of more mutants of concern. This thing is mutating like wildfire. This is what Vandenbosch calls immune escape or incomplete sterilization of the virus by the human immune system, even following vaccine administration. Immune escape will in turn trigger vaccine companies to further refine vaccines that will add, not reduce, the selection pressure, producing ever more transmissible and potentially deadly variants. The selection pressure will cause greater convergences in mutations that affect or effect the critical spike protein of the virus that is responsible for breaking through the mucosal surfaces of our airways, the route used by the virus to enter the human body. Now, what are the mucosal surfaces? Nasally, orally, or through your uh, tear ducts, the eye. The virus will effectively outsmart the highly specific antigen-based vaccines being used and tweaked depending on the circulating variants. All of this could lead to a hockey stick-like increase in serious and potentially lethal cases. In effect, an out-of-control pandemic. Don't you be such a sucker and believe the hype that this virus is going away. 
If you're wearing a mask, keep wearing your mask. If you're using hand sanitizer regularly and your hands are still itchy a little bit, you know, keep using your hand sanitizer and then wash your hands with soap and water at some other point during the course of the day. So that your hands don't become so thoroughly irritated by the sanitizer and the alcohol in the sanitizer. Dr. Malone said, and again, we're talking about the one who came up with the mRNA process. Dr. Malone said, Vanden Bosch's concern is not theoretical. It is real, and we have the data. We're stuck with this virus downstream variants pretty much for the rest of our lives, and it's going to become more like the flu. We will have continuing evolution and circulation of variants, and that is an escape. And this is not so mad science. And I'm your host, Brother Hara Muhammad, here on the Black Hole Radio Network. I'm going to take a brief break, but I'm going to leave you with a little bit of Gil Scott Heron and the H2O Blues to remind you the days of Tricky Dick so that we can see what the Slick Mick is up to now. (laughs) Don't want to be involved in this, man. This 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 is going to be a blues number. But first I want to do a little bit of background on the blues and say what it is. Like there are six cardinal colors, and colors have always come to signify more than simply that particular shade, like redneck or got the blues. That's where you apply colors to something else, you know, to come up with what it is you're trying to say. So there are six cardinal colors, yellow, red, orange, green, blue, and purple. And there are 3,000 shades. And if you take these 3,000 shades and divide them by six, you'll come up with 500 meaning there are at least 500 shades of the blues. For example, there's the I Ain't Got Me No Money blues. There is the I Ain't Got Me No Woman blues. There's the I Ain't Got Me No Money and I Ain't Got Me No Woman, which is the double blues. And for years it was thought that, that black people was the only one who could get the blues, so, so the blues hadn't come into no international type of fame. But lately we done had Frank Rizzo with the lie detector blues. We had the United States government talking about the energy crisis blues. And we're going to dedicate this next poem here to, to Spearhead X, the X second in command in terms of this country. And the poem is called H2O GATE Blues. And if H2O is still water and GATE is still gate, what we're getting ready to deal on is the Watergate Blues. Let me see if I can dial this number right quick. Click. Click. I'm sorry. The government you have elected is inoperative. Click. 
inoperative. Just how blind will America be? The world is on the edge of its seat, defeat on the horizon. Very surprising that we all could see the plight and still could not. Let me do that part again. Just how blind will America be? The world is on the edge of its seat, defeat on the horizon. Very surprising that we all could see the plot and claimed that we could not. Just how blind, America? Just as Vietnam exploded in the rice, snap, crackle, and pop could not stop people determined to be free. Just how blind will America be? of a Vietnam defeat sent Republican donkeys scurrying down on Wall Street. And when the roll was called, it was Pepsi-Cola and Phillips 66, Boeing, Dow, and Lockheed. Ask them what they're fighting for, and they'll never mention the economics of war. Ecological warfare, above all else, destroy the land. If we can't break the Asian will, we'll bomb the dikes and starve the man. America. The international Jekyll and Hyde, the land of a thousand disguises, sneaks up on you but rarely surprises, plundering the Asian countryside in the name of Fu Man too. Afraid of shoeless, undernourished Cambodians, while we strike big wheat bargains with Russia, our nuclear enemy, just how blind, America. But tell me, who was around where Hellbarg died? And what was the cause of LBJ's untimely demise? And what really happened to J. Edgar Hoover? The king is proud of Patrick Dre, while America's faith is drowning beneath that cesspool, Watergate. How long will the citizens sit and wait? It's looking like Europe in 38. Did they move to stop Hitler before it was too late? How long, America, before the consequences of keeping the school system segregated, allowing the press to be intimidated, watching the price of everything soar, and hearing complaints because the rich want more? It seems that Macbeth and not his lady went mad. We've let him eliminate the whole middle class. The dollar's the only thing we can't inflate while the poor go on without a new minimum wage. But what really happened to J. Edgar Hoover? The king is proud of Patrick Gray, and there are those who say America's faith is drowning beneath that cesspool, Watergate. How much more evidence do the... Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. This is Not So Mad Science with your host, Brother Harold Muhammad, here on the Black Hole Radio Network. I played that particular piece, particularly for those who are mature or senior enough to remember the lies of Watergate, the lies and the conditions which surrounded the so-called police action, not war, but police action of Vietnam, and the marketing plan used to manipulate the minds and the wills of the American people that you would fall for the trickery. We are confronted with this same process of media and social manipulation. We have people who are promoting the usage of a vaccine who are noted and professed professed 
depopulation specialist. One would ask, why would billionaires like Bill Gates and some others who are in that category, why are they concerned about the size of the population with pockets as fundamentally as deep as theirs the number of people on the planet don't affect them. They can have and do whatever it is they choose to and will to and do. But there's something about greed. There's money in death. There's money in confusion. There's money on the table with these vaccines. There is no doubt that these vaccines are ineffective. They've caused more problems than they've stopped. We've presented more than enough evidence. But there are so many who are so willing to be guided by those with money because they idolize their so-called station and position in life, that they will follow them blindly to slaughter. So I'm going to give you a little bit more evidence. This week, the number of reported adverse events among all age groups following the COVID vaccine surpassed 329,000 according to data released today by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC. This data comes directly from report submitted to the VAERS reporting system. Now, for those who do not remember, the VAERS reporting system is the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System, which is essentially voluntary but they voluntarily submitted 329,000 events, which means there's well over three-quarters of a million events actual. Three-quarters of a million, 750,000. Theirs is the primary government-funded system for reporting an adverse vaccine reaction in the U.S. Reports submitted to VAERS require further investigation before a causal relationship can be confirmed. So every Friday, VAERS makes public all vaccine injury reports received as of a specific date, usually about a week prior to the release date. Today's data shows that between December 14, 2020 and June 4, a total of 329,021 total, <coughs> total adverse events were reported to the system, which includes 5,888 deaths which is an increase of 723 deaths over the previous week. There were 28,441 serious 
injury reports as a result of taking the vaccine, which is up 3,082 events compared to last week. Among 12 to 17-year-olds, teenagers, there were 59 reports of heart inflammation and 19 cases of blood clotting disorders in teenagers. In the U.S. alone, 299.1 million COVID vaccine doses have been administered as of June 4th. This includes 126 million doses of Moderna, 162 million doses of Pfizer, and 11 million doses of Johnson & Johnson's COVID vaccine. Of the 5,888 reported deaths as of June 4, 23% of them occurred within 48 hours of getting the needle. 16% occurred within 24 hours of getting the needle. And 39% occurred in people who became ill within 48 hours of being vaccinated. This week's data for 12 to 17-year-olds shows that 5,367 total adverse events, including 165 rated as serious and four reported deaths were specifically directed at young men and women between the ages of 12 and 17. The youngest death reported included two 15-year-olds. a 16-year-old, and one 17-year-old. All died within 24 hours. 773 reports of anaphylaxis occurred among 12 to 17-year-olds with 98% of the cases attributed to the Pfizer vaccine. 1.8 or 2% to Moderna, and 1% of the cases to Johnson & Johnson. Just recently, we found that a an elite-level college athlete with no health concerns within 24 hours of taking the Moderna vaccine was diagnosed with myocarditis. 19 years old. Within 24 hours, he is an elite-level college athlete on scholarship for his athletic ability. In bed for life with myocarditis. There were 59 reports of myocarditis and pericarditis heart inflammation, with 58 attributed to the Pfizer COVID vaccine. 16 reports of blood clotting disorders were all attributed to Pfizer, 
What is it that we said about scientists? Oh, they skipped a lot of stuff, didn't they? This week's total VAERS data from December 14th, 2020 to June 4th, 2021 for all age groups show 20% of all deaths were related, directly related to cardiac disorders. 51% of those who died were male, 45% were female, and the remaining deaths did not include any gender of the deceased. The average death of all who died was 74.5 years of age on average. Senior citizens are in trouble if you take this vaccine. As of June 4th of this year, women reported adverse events related to the COVID vaccines, including 666 reported cases of miscarriage or premature birth with Johnson & Johnson and Moderna. 666. Of the 3,211 cases of Bell's palsy reported, 53% were reported for Pfizer, 42% for Moderna, and 253 cases specifically, and 8% of the Bell's palsy cases were reported in conjunction with Johnson & Johnson. 310 reports of the Julian Barr syndrome, with 45% of those cases from Pfizer, 41% from Moderna, and 21% from Johnson & Johnson. 92,292 reported events of anaphylaxis, with 41% of those cases to Pfizer, 50% to Moderna, and 9% to Johnson & Johnson. 5,907 reports of blood clotting disorders of those 2,482 are as a result of the Pfizer vaccine. 2,017 for Moderna and 1,367 reports of blood clotting disorders with Johnson & Johnson. The CDC decided to hold an emergency hearing after they identified 226 cases of heart inflammation in young people. Is that right? Is that a fact? Well, Heidi, whole neighbor, now you're going to hold a hearing. So what is the result of this hearing? We'll get to that in a moment as we begin to close out this edition of Not So Mad Science. The CDC, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, announced last Thursday that it was going to convene an emergency meeting of its advisors to take place on June 18th of last week to discuss the higher-than-expected reports of heart inflammation 
following doses of the Pfizer and Moderna COVID vaccines. According to a report from CBS News, conservative news station, according to the CDC, a total of 475 cases of myocarditis or pericarditis were recorded in patients 30 and younger. The CDC identified 226 reports that might meet the agency's working case definition of myocarditis and pericarditis following the shots within a 24 to 48-hour period. They disclosed this on Thursday. It wasn't until these events took place that now they want to have a meeting about it because it meets the criteria that was outlined in the letter submitted by the 27 medical professionals that don't you approve these vaccines until proper clinical trials are addressed over a two- to three-year period. Mind you now, historically, the last time an application was submitted for a vaccine, the quickest vaccine ever released to the public took 10 years before it was released and approved. But you put an EUA out for this swap in less than six months. Dr. Tom Shimbukuro, the Deputy Director of the CDC's Immunization Safety Office, said during Thursday's meeting, there had been a higher than expected number of cases. Oh, so you expected some people to have problems, but that was okay. No problem. We didn't expect this many, but we expected something like this to happen. What if it was your child? What is it with you? Does that meet your criteria to do something better? And this is prior all these information and things are taking place before the second dose is even instituted in some cases. The CDC data showed 196 reports of myocarditis and pericarditis among 18 to 24-year-olds through May 31st, compared with an expected rate of between 8 and 83 cases. So you were expecting 8 and 83, 8 to 83 cases, but what you got was 226 in less than a 30-day period. Among 16 to 17-year-olds, there were 79 cases of myocarditis and pericarditis through May 31st. That expected rate was from 2 to 19 cases is what they expected to be there. What they got was 79. Dr. Shimbakuro said the CDC's findings were mostly consistent with reports of rare cases of heart inflammation that have been studied in Israel and reported by the U.S. Department of Defense earlier this year. That makes it okay because Israel's findings, is that right? 
Myocarditis is an inflammation of the heart muscles that can and does lead to cardiac arrhythmia and ultimately death. According to researchers at the National Organization for Rare Disorders, myocarditis can result from infections, but more commonly, the myocarditis is a result of the body's immune reaction to the initial heart damage. The immune system attacks the heart as a result of being injected with the vaccine. Hmm. Mind you now, myocarditis is considered a rare disorder. But in less than a 30-day period, you have 226 cases. Pericarditis is often used interchangeably for some with myocarditis and refers to inflammation of the pericardium. That's the thin sac of flesh, film, that surrounds the heart, that the heart muscles move in and keeps it lubricated. A search in the CDC's Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System revealed 900 cases of pericarditis and myocarditis were reported in the U.S. among all age groups following the COVID vaccination program beginning on December 14th of 2020 through June 4th of 2021, over 900 cases. Of the 900 cases reported, 59 of these cases occurred in teenagers 12 to 17. And all but one of the cases was a Pfizer vaccine. To quote uh, a singer, trying to remember his name, uh, not Donnie Hathaway. Ah, can't remember his name. But he did a song called "I Wish You Didn't Trust Me So Much." You can't trust these people. What is wrong with you? And here's one of the big red flags. Why? It was reported that because of the emergency use uh, nature of the vaccine program, that you could not sue the manufacturers or the institution by which you were given the vaccine for any issues that resulted as a result as the result of taking the vaccine. You could only submit your grievance to a review board a double secret board that was not required to give you a response. Well, as of 6-17 this month, 800 people, or 800 or more people actually, 869 people to be exact, await a decision from the countermeasures Injury Compensation Program, which was set up to compensate people who have been injured by the COVID vaccine and drugs. The experts say that the secret, opaque, and stingy program is slow 
walking the applicant, the applicants. Thank you, Cindy Celeste McGovern, for your additional research. A U.S. government compensation program that will provide payouts to people who have been injured or lost loved ones from experimental COVID vaccines includes a board with an unknown number of anonymous members who have not awarded a penny to a single victim among hundreds of applicants to date. Currently, there are 869 people are awaiting decisions on the countermeasures. Now, that is generally a term that the military uses, countermeasures. What are countermeasures? Countermeasures are defined by simply by the word. These are counter-event to an assault of some kind, a defense. So the Countermeasures Injury Compensation Program, which was set up to compensate people who have been injured by fast-tracked and experimental countermeasures, including vaccines and other drugs. Sounds like this was a military program for, uh, was it, germ warfare? Because the pharmaceutical companies have immunity from lawsuits, the countermeasures program exists to offer payouts for loss of wages and medical expenses from vaccine injuries. But the program has paid meager handouts to a handful of applicants among hundreds in the past 10 years and have not adjudicated even one COVID vaccine decision to date. Peter Myers, a professor of law emeritus at George Washington University Law School and the former director of the school's vaccine injury litigation clinic, says it's a lousy program. It's a secretive, opaque program whereby some unknown officials within the Department of Health and Human Services will make a decision or make decisions we don't know how many people are adjudicating or who they are or what the process is. Applicants have only a year from the date of vaccination to apply for the CICP benefits and may wait months and months for a decision which is not published. Public does not know who is granted or refuse benefits, or why. And their decisions cannot be appealed. What is known is that the CICP is stingy, according to Attorney Myers. In the 10 years of existence of what I'm going to call a military countermeasure uh, bio medical germ warfare program. It has ruled on applications of 492 people in 10 years and refused 453 of them. 
only 39 cases were deemed eligible for countermeasure compensation. Of those, 10 could not prove lost wages or medical expenses and received nothing from the program. The 29 applicants injured by vaccines, including anthrax, smallpox, and the experimental H1N1 pandemic vaccines, were compensated for serious injuries or death. It is unknown what value the CICP puts on a life, which shared $6 million in CICP total payouts to date, averaging about $209,000 each for the 29 applicants that received them. There is no compensation for pain and suffering, according to Attorney Myers. The benefits are only for limited lost wages and proven medical expenses. Retired people, for example, would not qualify for a benefit even if they were to die or were left in a wheelchair. Salary compensation is capped at $50,000 per year and is of limited duration. Of the 859 applicants pending in the program, Meyer said no one knows how many are for COVID vaccines or for other countermeasures such as ventilators or drugs like remdesivir or for what serious injuries and deaths they seek benefits. We can only speculate. It is very unfortunate how secret they are that they don't give out this information. And I'm going to close on that note. This is Not So Mad Science with your host, Brother Harold Muhammad here on the Black Hole Radio Network. If you are wise, heed the words of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Don't you take that damn virus. <laughs> Don't you be no fool. You wait till they prove what they say. And that proof must be the truth. And I close with the immortal words of that great black preacher of the preacher of the Abyssinian Baptist Church in the city of New York. The greatest black politician to ever live. Who is no longer with us. Adam Clayton Powell, Jr. Since there is a God, and we know he lives, keep the faith, baby. Keep the faith. Or our willing, we'll be back next week with part seven of our eight-part program to dismantle the bull crap and expose the truth with respect to the SARS-CoV-19 vaccine, and virus. Prayerfully hoping I have said nothing to injure or disturb you, but only shared with you facts that I know I can prove and that you learned something for yourself and you can take steps to protect yourself. 
Assalamu alaikum. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details.